used to host a podcast and you do comedy and (laughs) you write. Bob's Burgers is probably the one thing on my IMDb that I get asked about the most. And I don't have like industry connections. I'm from Kentucky. Like some people are like, I want to do the same career till I'm a hundred. And I'm like, that's never really appealed to me. So I did, I sold a TV show um, to Disney. (laughs) What's up everyone. I'm Sydney Goodman and welcome to Glad I Asked, a podcast rooted in curiosity. Today, our guest is Akila Hughes. She is a writer, comedian, actress, and just all-around entertainer, you might have seen her work on HBO, MTV, or Comedy Central. She's also the former co-host of Crooked Media's What a Day podcast. Today, Keela and I get into talking about the modern creative career and how to create one that is fulfilling and exciting and that you can pay your bills with. We also talk about bridging the gap between posting on social media to working in traditional media. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Akila Hughes. Hi. Hello. It's so good to see you. I know, it's so good to see you. <laughs> it's funny because um, Coachella feels like a lifetime Yeah, ago. yeah. A lot of things happen. I mean, I was even in New York since then. So I, feel I saw like... that. <laughs> Wait, okay, that's like such a good segue to actually start talking about this. And I swear I did my research. Yeah. But you are so impressive. Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. I want to hear that every day. Well, because I feel like when you... So we met doing the Fortnite coachella partnership and i feel like when you sit down and you are working with people you just assume like i don't know about you but i don't really like google the people i'm working with yeah like okay cool like (laughs) you're cool all in the room (laughs) yeah this is great and so like i didn't really you know you mentioned that you used to host a podcast and you do comedy and (laughs) you write and all that but i didn't really it didn't register. And then I sat down to kind of start doing this. I was like, holy shit, this bitch does everything. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that's actually a perfect way to describe my career is that like, I just do everything. Yeah. Because um, when I started, there wasn't like, YouTube wasn't even really a job. So yeah. it was like, okay, well, we just want to make funny stuff on the internet. And we, I like me and my friends are like making dumb sketches in Kentucky. Uh, and then yeah, I just kept throwing spaghetti at the wall like I was like I wanna I just want to do everything like and I don't have like industry connections I'm from Kentucky (laughs) for sure everything I make has to be part of a portfolio of like this person can do things how intentional are you about that though like because that that's something that I struggle a lot with is like I'm a little bit of like a creative bird where it's like, let me be free. But then I think I kind of just hide behind it because I'm like, then I don't have to be strategic or intentional. Yeah, no, I think that that's also a huge part of it because it's like, yeah, I don't think that it's like strategic in its own way because some people have such a niche and they're just like, this is what I do. And like, I have a brand that is only this and like, it makes it so limited. And I'm like, well, if I don't, I think every industry in media right now is changing so much that like to be pigeonholed would be like certain death. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. In five years, whatever the thing was is not going to have the same prestige. So it's like maybe just be like seen as a creative force and then you'll always have a place. Because like I was on YouTube for years, but like I always was like, I'm not a, I'm not a YouTuber. I like I make comedy and put it there. Like the platform can't be the definition of whatever I'm doing. And yeah. so it's like, it's definitely shielded me from like, the algorithm doesn't like what I make anymore. <laughs> like, yeah. All of that sort of burnout. Wait, okay. That's such an interesting distinction. That, so you do not identify as a, well, here, let's rewind <laughs> fully. So for people listening, this is Akila. Hi. Hi, Akila Hughes. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> um, and you kind of the start of your creative career was on YouTube. Yeah. 
but you do not identify as a YouTuber. Did you ever identify never, as a YouTuber? Never. I like, I immediately thought, and I think I was correct, that it would just be too much of a pigeonhole. And so like, I didn't even really like it when they like YouTube started calling YouTubers creators. Yeah. And like the reason they did that was because they called the people who worked at YouTube YouTubers. Like that was like an internal oh, thing. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. I had no clue. And then I went to Google and they're like, oh, that's a YouTuber. And I'm like, I just met her. And she said she works at YouTube. They're like, <laughs> oh yeah, that's what, like, it's different for us. Um, but it was because I moved to New York to do comedy. Like I mm -hmm. wanted to be on TV and I wanted to do like, Really back then, it's like 2013 era. The fast pass was like you go to UCB, you become like sort of like a funny creative person at Upright Citizens Brigade, and then like you just get put on a TV show. Like it happened for a lot of people, like Aziz Ansari and Aubrey Plaza and all these people. And so I realized the moment I got there that like me doing YouTube felt like to them, they thought that was like stupid or lesser, even though like they weren't making money doing comedy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So it was like, you kind of have to play this game where like, there's always some industry that looks down on another one. And I'm like, well, if my end goal is like television, then like, I don't ever want to tell them I'm not on television. Like, I would rather just be like, I'm funny. And here's some stuff that I did that's funny here and here and here. <laughs> and hopefully yeah. one day on TV. Wait, oh my gosh. I'm so excited <laughs> to talk to you. Um, okay, so let's go back to like the UCB thing. Yeah. So were you performing, I know you said, so Upright Citizens Brigade, and you can definitely explain this better than I can, oh, but for people who don't know, it's essentially like, do you have to audition for that or you can just take classes? There? You can take classes. So it's okay. like there, I got a scholarship, but it was like, they pretty much just, if you're broke, <laughs> we'll pay you like pay for you to get in. But it's like $400 for a 10 week course. And you learn either sketch writing or um, improv and like comedy for performance. And so I took both sets of classes. Um, but really like you just get used to stage time. You meet a lot of people who are funny and creative that like want to collaborate. And so like the experience of it, like some people really took those classes so that they could be on the teams for the shows, for the school, for like, you know, and they're not getting paid, but it's just like, this is where I'm going to be seen. And I also realized very quickly, I'm like, oh, you don't have to do that. Like YouTube is much bigger yeah. <laughs> than a like once a month show that I'm doing in a basement that has a limited number of seats and isn't being filmed. Like, uh, so yeah, like uh, UCB is like the improv school started by Amy Poehler and like three other dudes. <laughs> Who cares about them? Yeah. I'm like, I'm not going to know their names and, and Google is free, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, what was your question? <laughs> Just what it was. It is, and it is a was now, right? Didn't it shut down during COVID? It did. And then they like, it was very weird. Like the founders, like Amy Poehler and those guys, like got one of those relief loans, but then still shut down the school. So now it's like kind of back, but they're not running it anymore. It's very strange. But I think like the iteration of what it was that with all that potential to like help your career isn't really there anymore. Okay. Okay. So would you reckon if somebody wanted to take, I guess, improv classes, are there other classes that you would recommend over UCB now? No. <laughs> I mean, the thing is like, I think improv is such an important skill. Like when I'm acting on screen or doing even just like our interview stuff for Coachella, it's like, you have to be able to like figure out what the follow-up question is and like really be present and listen and, you know, not negate what people are saying. So there's a lot of skills that you learn uh, doing it. And I think that is probably like the foremost school to do it at. I just think like, 
if you're going there thinking you're going to meet someone and be on TV, like it's not really it's just how like, it's happening. Yeah, yeah. Like even with YouTube where people are like, I'll make some videos and then it'll have like, it was a lot easier back when I started. Like yeah. good luck. If when you did you start? What year? Uh, my first video that I posted, which was not good and nothing, it was like 2006. Like, okay, so you're OG. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, whoa, like Charlie the Unicorn. Totally. Level. Yes. Okay, got <laughs> it. Okay, so now you want to be on TV. Yeah. Did you always want to be on TV? Like, totally. Okay. Like, I loved comedy growing up, and everybody loves comedy, but, like, I watched it so intentionally, and mm. I was so... I, like, I knew that I wanted to do, like, SNL or something. Like, I just loved the idea of getting to not have like a day job that was really stringent and had like beginning and end hours. And I like the idea of doing projects that like end at some point, <laughs> you yeah. know, like some people are like, I want to do the same career till I'm a hundred. And I'm like, that's never really appealed to me. So I think anything in entertainment has all of those, uh, those bits of appeal, but really it was just like probably on some like therapy level. It was like, I love TV so much and we like, we all have our favorite people on TV and like th there's a certain kind of like love that you get from being that kind of famous, if that means anything like, yeah. Uh, where it's like, you're appreciated for what you can do. And I'm like, I think I don't get that from my family. <laughs> so I'm like, I need this profession. The story of every creative ever. Yeah, it's exactly. Like, every working creative. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Like my mom thinks I'm kind of funny, but I'm like, People online think I'm really funny, mom. <laughs> like, you don't know. No, there's this. I don't know if it's, a, I don't, I hope it's a joke. I think I cope <laughs> by telling myself it's a joke, but this running joke in my family that like no one in my family thinks I'm funny. And <laughs> Brandon w like met my parents or whatever. And I don't remember how it came up, but somehow he mentioned how funny I was. Yeah. And my entire family like snaps their neck around and they're like, <laughs> so you don't have a good sense of humor. And I was like, oh my God. And he just looked at me and like clearly didn't know what to do. And I didn't know what to do because yeah. I was like, well, how are we reliving this? I'm almost 30. Like what's happening? You're like, you have to accept that I make people laugh now. <laughs> yeah. Like that is, I'm the only one getting paid in yes. our family for that. Okay. Mm -hmm. So. Right. Like it's, people see the value to a level that it is a source of income. Like yeah, exactly. you all are in denial. <laughs> no, exactly. Exactly. Okay. So. You have been on TV. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, I've, I've made it. <laughs> what did, like, what, I don't want to be like, hey, what's your IMDb? But, like, what are some projects that you're, that felt, or I don't know, do you feel like you've accomplished what you set out <laughs> to accomplish? Yes and no. Okay. I mean, I think it's one of those things where, like, uh, success, and I'm, I'm 33, I'm a little bit older. Yeah. <laughs> but I think the idea of success changes every time you reach any kind of goal. Mm -hmm. And so it's like... Yes, I've been on TV. So like it was a very like <laughs> could have been anything like I was on a, a game show. And were you really? Yeah. What was the game show? It's called. Uh, so they did one season. It was called um, Million Second Quiz. Oh. It was hosted by Ryan Seacrest. OK, and of course it was. Yeah, exactly. Because he hosted everything. That motherfucker <laughs> yeah. taking all the jobs. All the jobs. <laughs> like we can never be mad at any group of people because it's actually just Ryan Seacrest. <laughs> He's screwing us all. Um, and so, yeah, he stole that from somebody. And <laughs> the. Uh, the premise was like the it was a show that was a million seconds which was like two and a half weeks and okay. so for all of that time people were competing in like a trivia game uh and they had like an app for it so people were like participating that way and then you could jump the line and go on tv i absolutely auditioned <laughs> yeah like some of it is like this person's smart and so we're gonna fly them out to be on this thing and then it was like we want people who are attractive enough 
<laughs> and, and like, like not a complete yeah, yeah like not a complete idiot um and so i did how that. do you find those auditions I don't even remember how that one happened. I think I just saw like a cattle call for it. And I was, it was just like on Craigslist or something. I'm like, okay, like it was in the same neighborhood as my improv class. <laughs> so sure, like, I'll stop in there. Yeah. Then I'll hop over to improv. And I don't remember what the audition was. It was just like introduce yourself and like not be an idiot. Uh, Cause a lot of weirdos audition for game shows. So like they were weeding people out like left and right. Like that guy's terrifying. He's going to murder somebody if he loses. Yeah. This is not with bad optics for the show. You yeah. know, we can't have a, we can't have a murderer. Exactly. And so, yeah, the cliff notes on that show is just, um, so I auditioned and we were playing and they were like, okay, so we're going to do like a fun group game. If you just like, uh, for like the show was already airing and they were like, so just go to the meatball shop. This is in New York. <laughs> go to the meatball shop at this time. And like, you know, like wear an outfit, like, you know, we might put it on TV, whatever. And I'm like, I know I'm getting on the show. And so like, I'm in the basement playing along on TV. And then Al Roker came downstairs and was like, oh, Zakila Hughes. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'm going to be on the show. I got smoked. Like oh, literally. Did you get any questions? What, is it just like straight trivia? Yeah. It's like rapid fire over the course of a minute and you just try to beat the other person oh. to buzz in. <gasps> have you, I don't know. Well, you were just in New York. Yeah. Okay. So some New York Ubers have the little like the iPad thing and they have a trivia on it. Yeah. Have you tried that? I have. It's, I'm addicted. It's so much fun. It's so much fun. As if like I already don't want to, you know, I'm an LA native. So when I'm in New York, like I really am trying to figure out the subway system, but yeah. I'm fair weathered. Yeah, it's fair. So as if I already, like, I did not need another reason to try and call Ubers around the city, Yeah, but those stupid <laughs> things are so fun. So it's this trivia game yeah, on like an iPad, on like an iPad thing. And it's just, it's timed. It's not very special, <laughs> but the questions are easy enough mm -hmm. that like you can get it, but they're hard. They're just hard enough that it's not automatic. Yeah. But then this stupid person the high score is always like 40 yeah and always. you're hitting 19 yeah it's, it's impossible and i'm like do these have a really long rat but it's time so it's, it's time like they're just i don't oop. get it <laughs> <laughs> i'm like they're so good that i hit the microphone um but yeah some people really have that as a a skill set and i think in at moments i have that and then like being on tv i think i was just like overwhelmed and the guy i was going against was like a professor at yale <laughs> okay sir okay guy and so he beat me but what was very funny is he got beat by the next person on the show oh. so we were both waiting for our cab at the same time and i'm like did it sucks to suck like <laughs> neither of us won anything do you get paid for things like that since you audition or no, no? Well, so like that one if in particular you... game shows it's like they have all these laws about it because people used to like game the system and like just get their relatives on the show and like pay them out or whatever else oh yeah it was like they could be idiot but then they're still getting a paycheck and they're like that is false advertising so it's like this whole weird thing like they're very protective i just remember i wasn't allowed to have my phone all day and like i wasn't allowed to be like do anything on my own so it was like if i'd use the bathroom they would start screaming quiz champion and everyone had to like go <laughs> like put their phones away and like not talk to me in case they were giving me an answer or like oh, something was happening i'm wow. like geez it was really weird i don't recommend <laughs> and the show didn't come back it wasn't that entertaining but yeah long story long it's like totally um yeah, I was auditioning for stuff and I, any way to get on TV was really like the path I wanted. Um, and then, yeah, I've done like real things <laughs> now yeah. that I'm proud of. Bob's Burgers is probably the one thing on my IMDb that I get asked about the most because it's the coolest thing. Like, yeah. How'd that one happen? <laughs> that one was very, it's honestly, I think a good story. So it was 2019. 
and my book was about to come out. Yeah, but, uh, Miss, I would love to talk about your <laughs> fucking book. I know, I never bring it up. I'm like, you know, so I wrote that thing. And, um, well, it. I mean, it goes back to like, we were hanging out in that like hot trailer yes. and in the middle of the desert. Like we've really bonded yeah. through this shoot. <laughs> Have Fortnite, Epic Games. Thanks love for having you. us. Yeah, it love was you. awesome. Have us next time. Exactly, uh, every year. Uh, uh, but well, yeah, when we filmed the um, the trailer for it, it was like freezing and a windstorm. Yes. <laughs> and then the day that we were like, the days we were working at Coachella, it was like, so it's literally the hottest room <laughs> yes. in a desert. <laughs> yes. Um, the but you know, we're like talking, but you never happened to mention that you wrote a book, but we'll go yeah. back to that. Okay, so it's 2019. <laughs> it's 2019. I finally finished my book and it's coming out in September. So this would have been in like the summer before. And something that publishers often do is like they'll get requests from just random people in power in different places to read books in advance. I didn't know this. So I got a call from my agent one day that was like, hey, uh, the Molyneux sisters who like started Bob's Burgers, like they requested your book and they really liked it. And I'm like, it's not out yet. And they're like, well, they read it and they liked it. So they'd like to have like a call with you. And I'm like, cool. And so they offered me a job to write for their other show, The Great North, which is on Fox. And I took it because I was like, yes, I'm going to write for this show. The same week, I get offered a job to host this podcast for Crooked Media. And so I have to renege on my other job. What was that like? Sorry. (laughs) Yeah, it's all over the place because I have so many jobs. No, but I that's so I think I I don't know if I want to interrupt you here, if I want to go back to it, (laughs) because I think that that's like a really unique skill set to know when because, you know, we're taught like you're supposed to follow through with commitment and doesn't yeah. know when to like swerve. We're going to go back to it. Yes. Continue this. But, yeah, media. I'll remember that uh, that through line. But yeah, so I get a call from them and they're like, we're doing a daily news podcast. And I had read for it, but I, that's not the way it was put to me. I was like okay. in town doing something else for them. And they were like, can you just read through the script and like give us notes? And I was like, yeah, I think it sucks. Like, <laughs> so candid. I had no idea because I don't I didn't live in L.A. at the time. Um, but they took that as an audition and they were like, we want you to host. And I actually did go through a lot figuring it out, but I, I chose Crooked. And so I told them, like, I'm so sorry. Like, I, it's just a different opportunity. And, like, it's kind of more aligned with what I'm trying to do. And they were so receptive. They were like, you're young. Like, we don't mind at all. And, like, we still want to work with you. Would you want to do a voice on Bob's Burgers? And I'm like, well, yeah. <laughs> That's way more what I want to do anyway. And so it was just like the consolation prize for not taking the job was getting a cooler job. Um, And it was awesome. Like they they've had like 12 seasons or something now. It was 10 when I did it. So who knows, 13 maybe. And um, the, the voice actors are so in tune with each other. They're not even in the same room. Like somebody's in Boston and people are in L.A. and then they're in New York. And so I'm super comfortable like trying stuff because I'm like they'll just correct me like if it's not funny they'll just like get it to where it will be mm-hmm. and but I was so nervous because they're so good at improvising together like they almost didn't even have to read the script like they were just saying things oh. and I was like I'm not jumping in it's <laughs> just like I'm gonna wait till they prompt me to say the line that's written here because I would be mortified yeah <laughs> to like ruin the flow that's I feel like well okay so you've taken improv I've never taken improv I think jumping in the exact scenario that you're describing right now is my actual worst fear. <laughs> it's just funny. Cause I feel like you have like, it's, it's natural for you, but I guess it is. And it isn't. So it's interesting. Cause like when I'm in scenarios, I think it's a weird muscle that has been 
maybe now I'm trying to get like, this is such a dumb fucking like uh, analogy. <laughs> I was trying to think of like, if you overtrain like mm-hmm. a muscle and then it kind of becomes an issue. Yeah. That is me with hosting. Yeah. Where it's like, it's something that came very naturally, but I was on prompter for so long at like every single day. Granted, I was writing my own script, but yeah. it was like, I wasn't really interacting with yeah, people. Totally. It was very much like <laughs> I'm writing my script. I'm reading to, I'm reading to camera. Um, that like, I don't like how comfortable I feel with the script. Yeah. And like you're describing, if you are not used to working with these people, there's a certain like discomfort of not, I guess, understanding exactly what the vibe is. Yeah. Oh, totally. Like that was the thing. It's like they, it was like they had been at summer camp all summer together. And then I was just like (laughs) the new kid. And I'm like also the counselor because I'm just like, I'm not a a comedian all the time in the way that they are. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, they can be silly and goofy and they've been getting paid tons of money to do this for literally a decade or more. And I'm like, so I'm here for today. (laughs) Have you done any other voice acting work? Um, no, not really. Which is so funny because I'm like, I think that that is the skill set. but I think I have been used like, this is so inside baseball, but I think I have been used to lower other people's rates for shows like I've auditioned for a lot of things that were always going to go to this person yeah but they're like we're bringing in Aquila, and they're like okay well I'll just take a cheaper rate to do the show then so I don't have to compete <laughs> wow interesting it's, it's like I know that that is a thing because I have other friends who've had that with like acting auditions like actual things are like I always get beat by this person but I'm always the threat like that's always my part of the Hollywood baby it's so dumb oh my god but I would love to do more of it I think that like it's also just fun because it's I think the chillest acting like you just go looking like whatever the hell you look like yeah do the thing and then they're like do it bigger do it smaller do it this way okay bye I've always wanted to do more voice acting yeah I say you have a great voice I've never done voice acting I would love to do voice acting for the first time and many times beyond that (laughs) yes you would be great you have a great speaking voice thank you it's like an alto speaking voice I have a similar like it's deep but it's also so like joyful like I think I sound evil but you're like (laughs) you have like a sunny wait that's cute we should like write an animated show where you I'm like the devil (laughs) yeah (laughs) we're like cousins yeah cute I would watch that honestly (laughs) listen I'm doing nothing but writing now the writers are on strike so I'm just like well I can't sell anything might as well write this down (laughs) yeah okay writing wait sorry so many things so far and it's so funny because okay so when I started this podcast the whole thing and I don't know what this says about either my own interest that I'm a huge hypocrite or (laughs) the state of, I guess, our culture. The reason I started this podcast was to talk to people about things that they like do outside of work. (laughs) Now you're back in it. Every single conversation I have with people though is about work, work. Yeah. And I decided not to fight it because I don't know. I think also though, I'm talking to most, like it's pretty much all working creatives. Yeah. And I think that you said it, it never really ends. Right. Like, there's no start or end. Right. You're just kind of putting your soul on the line constantly Always, and yeah. trying to get paid for it <laughs> at yes. certain points. Totally. Um, but I digress. So you reneged on a writing opportunity. Yeah. How did you decide? <laughs> like that, that's really it's hard a, it is. to it's choose tough. one thing over another when you've already given your word. Mm-hmm. How, like how much time passed between you saying, yes, I'm going to do this thing and having to make a decision to not do it. One week. Oh. And so it was like, I, and I get so stressed out about these things because it's important. Yeah. It's like, it's really like, um, 
what's that movie? I think it's called like Sliding Doors, where it's like literally the butterfly effect, anything. It's like any choice you make can affect the rest of your career, the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. And like, as you know, I I like to be like, que sera, sera, like who knows? (laughs) Yeah. Whatever will be, will be. Um, But for this in particular, it was like, this is going to be a big next step in my career. Like, and writing the book was, you know, it's, uh, I think a terrible experience because it's so isolating, but it's also like you're paid to do one thing and you get to like, relax a little bit but that was ending like the book comes out and then you're done with the book so it's like this and I was about to turn 30 the same year so I'm like this is kind of like a pivotal moment um so I didn't eat for days (laughs) I didn't sleep I was just like writing these lists and I I had a fellowship at USC um for like civic media people, whatever. Like we had a call every week. One of the, like my 20 minutes of the call was like, so can everybody help me like decide? In the end, it was like still neck and neck. And it actually came down. I've actually never told this story like on any podcast or anything, but it came down to- We asked the good questions here. Yeah, hell yeah. Me. <laughs> yeah, we being literally an army of one. <laughs> Putting it all together. Glad I asked. I put the I in. Yeah, in glad like, I, I am. <laughs> I am the I. Um, John Lovett, who has a huge podcast, Love It or Leave It at Cricket Media. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's also on Pod Save America. And he was like, I think a big force in like wanting me to take that podcast job. He called me on the phone and basically bullied me into doing the job. Oh. <laughs> like he was like, look, there are a million great writers and you can always write. There's no like rule against it. But like, if you want to be a name and a face and like, get out there and have your voice and perspective really heard. You're not writing for someone else. You're writing for yourself. Then like, this is that opportunity. And I was like, I know. And he's like, and if you don't do it, you're going to be begging to be on our podcast. You're going to wish you <laughs> we're never going to work with you again. I'm like, Oh, fine. <laughs> and like, the truth is, I, I think he was right. I probably would have been really sad to like, not get to work with them all the mm-hmm. time. Um, but also because like, you know, I, I did think that, with the book being a proof of concept, it's like, if I needed, if I wanted to do another like writing job and like go out for it earnestly on my own, like, I don't think they would say no to that. I think writers are more accepting than most creatives. (laughs) So it's like, if you wanted to go and try something for a minute and it almost worked for you, like we're not going to be upset about it. And so I just, I took a leap of faith and I still think it was the right decision. Yeah. I think it's interesting what you said about the butterfly effect and you know, there's constant, it's constantly in motion, Mm -hmm. but maybe in a more passive way. Yeah. And there are those decisions though, that you can really see kind of the fork in the road. Yeah. It's like, oh my gosh, what what am I going to do? Yeah. Um, but okay. So I don't know, quite know how to articulate this question. We'll get there. You do a lot of things. (laughs) I do. How I'm asking how we'll go from, no, not a time management perspective. I'm asking like, how do you, how have you managed to get your foot in the door and be in a position to have these opportunities? Yeah. Because they're all very, I feel like almost same, same, but different. Yeah, if you're totally. in the industry, you can kind of see yeah, how it's it strings path. together, mm-hmm. but at the same time, kind of not. Yeah. Uh, so the way that my career sort of happened, like we already spoke about like the YouTube stuff, but I was always online and I was always trying to like, I think I I always knew that I was like funny in a way and also like could explain things uh, in a way that was like disarming to people. And Mm -hmm. so I 
was like so intentionally doing like writing gigs, like writing for blog sites and stuff for like $20 an article. Like it was so nothing, but it was like worth it because I'm like, someone will read it and someone will get it. So like, I think the beginning of it was just like, do everything and like always do something that you're proud of. That's like representative of what you would like to be hired to do. So it's like, uh, one big piece of that is you have to, if you're a person who curses, if you want a career where you're free to do that, <laughs> then you have to do it and risk it. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I think we all grew up in a time where it was like, you know, whoever you are online is going to ruin your life. Like, yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yes. if you have one cup in your picture, people are going to think you drink and then you're going to be like screwed. No for one jobs. will ever hire you. Right. And I'm like, that's not been the case. Mm -hmm. And I also respected people who were doing their own thing. So like, I think that I was so myself online at a time where like people were looking for not same, 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 but like, who are the people who are just fucking doing it? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's such a important distinction that is so counterculture, which yeah. is a lot of people are taught here, stay like in the lines and then eventually you'll earn a spot to be able to right. color outside the lines and be yourself. Totally. It's We're, not really it. Yeah. Anymore. I will. And I'd be curious how many people who are now in positions where they are like coloring outside the lines or being themselves and have that creative license, how many actually did color inside the lines to get there? Because yeah. what I've found is most people are just themselves the entire time. Yeah. And then they just happen to get on a stage where more people are seeing them being themselves. Totally. I think that that has to be the case because I think the, the lines that we're talking about are so tried and true and forever that it's like, how do you differentiate yourself? Everyone wants this career now. Like when mm -hmm. I was in college, like I, like I said, I'm older than you. Like no one was making money on YouTube. They didn't know that it was a thing you could monetize. So it was yeah. like, you just wanted to make the funniest thing that somebody saw that week or like the funniest thing that your friends could have made. Like it was such a different uh, motivation. Mm -hmm. And now that it's like a crowded <laughs> space, like I used to say the internet is a subculture. Like it's, it's one table in a cafeteria and now it's the cafeteria. Like it's a high school. Yeah. <laughs> We're all oh, there. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like, if you want to be the lead in the play, you can't do the same thing everybody else did to audition. Like you have to stand out. And so what people were afraid to do was like curse or like, say, I don't like this. Like now we're talking about toxic positivity in like a real way. But I'm like, I remember I was writing an article about it and my boss was like, I mean, I've never heard anybody say that this could be like a toxic thing. I'm like, well, don't you get tired? <laughs> like, can't we just say it? Yeah. Are you sick of pretending that you're happy all the time? Like we're not. Um, and we don't have to present that way. And so I think that that's sort of how I started. But to your question about how I keep getting my foot in the door, because it's like it is such disparate jobs. Um, and like the the line, I think people are always looking for like a career path where they're like, so this is point A, B and C. And it's like, that just didn't exist. Yeah. So it was like, how do I keep making money and still get to be myself <laughs> and also like get to make the things that I'm writing and are bigger than what I can make on my own. And what I've learned, uh, because I had like marketing jobs and stuff also like subsidizing those career dreams, uh, was that people love it if you have a good idea and you can pitch it to them. Like it makes their job easier. Like a lot of people don't want to be creative. They don't. Yeah. They want to like go to work and do a project that someone else assigned to them. And what I learned really quickly was like, well, if my ideas are so good and I believe in them, then like there is no fear in putting together some sort of little pitch deck and being like, I don't know you, but I got your contact, but I love this thing. And I think that we have similar tastes. Here's an idea where we can work together. And 
that has been, I think, consistently the thing um, that has like separated my career from a lot of people. So like the Fortnite thing for me didn't mm. materialize out of like they liked my career. <laughs> yeah. Together. Funny enough, I pitched Fortnite months before that on like a fashion idea that I had because like uh, we're not that great at the game, me and my friends, but like we love to dress. <laughs> yeah. We love the like, you know, we love the fits. We like to post them together and like have a theme and try to match it and like be like when we're in the game, if we're dying, people are going to be like that team looks sick. <laughs> That's what I want. I love that. And so we were like, why can't we like make something like, and they had all these fashion collabs. I'm like, you should do something at uh, fashion week with like Fortnite. Like that's sort of what we were pitching. And they were like, we'll run it up to pole, blah, blah, Who's blah. Who's we? Um, it was, uh, it was me and my friend, Jessica. Cause like, that's who I play the most Fortnite with. Okay. Shout out Jess. And, um, we like, we were just saying like, it would just be so fun. And her background isn't anything in entertainment. She's just like, she's a stay at home mom, but she also like works like part-time places and, but she loves Fortnite. And so I was like, well, I can just pitch something like who knows the worst case are going to say no. And then we're just going to keep playing Fortnite. So yeah, I put this deck together. I pitched it to Julia at Epic. Mm -hmm. She was like, this is so cool. And like, no how'd you know Julia? I emailed somebody who liked my podcast, who like I had posted that I liked playing Fortnite and he was like, I'm an engineer there. And so I just DM'd him, I think on Twitter and was like, do you have a contact for like a marketing person or like a an influencer relations person? Like, and he found her and like, they hadn't ever worked together on yeah. anything at Fortnite, but he was like, I think you can email this person. And so it was you just really, cold email there. Yeah. And like, it was Aquila. insane. <laughs> And so we didn't end up doing that yet. Like it's still in the cards. But then one day she DM'd me and was like, check your email. There's like something in there. And it was the Coachella thing. And I'm like, so we just met. <laughs> that was it. I am in shock. You are so inspiring. Like I, I didn't want to say inspiring because it sounds like oh my God, you're so inspiring. But truly, I think that that's such like a important skill that is not taught anywhere. Yeah and is not is kind of not talked about and yeah. i don't know if it's just i'm not talking to the right people in the industry no i don't think people but i don't this. think people really talk about i don't what would you call that i think like it's just uh, like a like a raw determination like yeah, you just kind like, of are making things happen totally and i also think like <laughs> the truth is it's a a very high level of procrastination where it's like there are other things that i could do that have a very clear path to getting made uh -huh. but it's like well i could write this you know, pilot for television, which is going to take all of my energy and I'm going to like beat myself up about if it's good enough immediately. Or I can just like pitch an idea that I think is silly and maybe get paid for it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I've always used it to pivot. Like that's sort of my way of doing it. It's like, it's sort of like if you clean your house instead of, you know, doing whatever taxes. Totally. <laughs> so it's like, I just, I'm like, I'd rather be creative today, but I don't want to do the thing that's hard. So like, what's fun is just like making a colorful deck. That's like, wouldn't it be fun if we got to work together and yeah. then really just pitching it? Because I also think like, if she had said no, if she thought it was a stupid idea and was like, I can't believe somebody put this stupid meeting on my calendar. <laughs> like the beginning and end of it would have been me playing Fortnite. I wasted one afternoon. Yeah. It's no big deal. And like the actual thing that ended up happening is I got to go to Coachella. <laughs> I know we got paid. to be, we got I to know meet. we get to get paid. Yeah. Like it's really, really. And, and I'm putting it out crazy. there. We are going next year and also getting yes, paid. We have to. And there'll be. I need redemption. My foot was all messed up this year. <laughs> yeah. I too need redemption. Cause like the, the day that I was doing my interviews, it was so hot. Yeah. And everyone. I don't say this in a rude way because I think we were all sort of cranky, but we, yeah. it was like past that point of like, I'm hot. And it was more like, 
Yeah. Get me out of here. Exactly. Like my I'm, skin is raining. <laughs> I, like I am going to murder. Yeah. Yeah. Like we all have to like, I think that especially Coachella, because it's like so contained and you're in one place and it's so, it is so hot and fraught. Like you're in the yeah. desert. <laughs> you're in the desert, man. Why, did, why did they do that? Yeah. Like you could have chosen. Your probably was better before climate change. Like <laughs> so every year now it's way worse. You're like, ooh. But in like 1990 or whatever, when they formed it, they're like, it's a chill ass summer. Yeah. It's like 55 at night. <laughs> like it's perfect. Yeah. Okay. Wait. So I like don't know where to go from here because there's so many, there's things. so many things you're all okay. Girl, I don't talk like that. Uh, you're so cute. You're my cousin. <laughs> I tell everybody in my mind, I'm like, that's my cousin. Yeah. I'll be your cousin. Yeah. Cute. I mean, little sister. Little sis. <laughs> I'll be little sis. Yeah. Wait, wait. So your book. Yes. You wrote a book. I wrote a whole Did you book. dedicate it to anybody? I dedicated it to Oprah. I said oh. to my friend, Oprah, yes, that one in parentheses. <laughs> I don't think she ever read it. And oh, I'm very did you bitter. send her like a copy or anything? I told my people too. I don't know if they Our did, people. but you know what? I could absolutely ask them again and be like, it's not too late. She can still read. <laughs> okay. Can I ask you like a somewhat offensive question? Oh, totally. Okay. So obviously stories from my timeline is the name of your, of your book. Like Brad Pitt writes a book or he has a ghostwriter write a book about him. Yeah. And people are like, dude, that's fucking Brad Pitt. Like, I'd love to read that. Yeah. Or like ex celebrity mm-hmm. does what? Like, did you ever have to grapple with, I guess, this idea of like, who's reading this? Yeah. Who am I? A hundred percent. And how, like, like, what'd you do about that? I simply got over it. That's so impressive. Because that would, whoa, (laughs) that would be like my first thought. I very clearly struggle with imposter syndrome. Yeah. But like my first thought, if somebody gave me a book deal would be like, okay, but. Like, what do I have to say? <laughs> you know, like, what, what is it? <laughs> I'm just a girl. Like, yeah. You know? And that was, you know, the funny thing, it, that was one part of my career that was actually kind of out of nowhere. Like, it, it feels serendipity. Like, mm. it was a reward for doing all of the right things. Cool. Because, I, so, back to UCB, I'm in my Improv 101 class, and, like, everyone who's in it, there's a few people who are funny. Like, I think if you ever take a class like that, there's, like either people you vibe with comedically Mm -hmm. and then you're like, that's just like a firefighter. (laughs) Like he's hot and nothing else. Um, Why are firefighters hot? I I don't know. I think they are though. Why do they all, do you think it's like a trick though? Where, you know, what is it called? The cheerleader effect? How probably is they're saving you. So you're like, is he hot or is he just, yeah, but no, but they all tend to like, look good yeah i, I think really like they're all like one's hot so then they all kind of rise their hotness to match the hot one <laughs> yeah because i keep the, it keeps coming up on my tiktok like this idea that firefighters like are constantly like they're cheaters oh dang well yeah. i mean it would be how would you do it like i feel like their schedules are so weird hmm yeah. Anyways, back. So sorry. Your no, you're book. I'm thinking about it. Oh my god. UCB. Uh. Yeah. So there was one girl in my class that I like really vibed with, mm-hmm. and um, we just like would do scenes together, and she was funny, and I thought her ideas were good. So we stayed in touch, and um, weirdly, like years later, I was making YouTube videos, and I uh, a friend of mine who makes YouTube videos with his like brothers. Uh, the Gregory Brothers shout out. Uh, we ended up being friends. He invited me to a fashion show. And I was like, okay. I've never been. So sure. And so we're sitting there and he's like, my brother's over there with his girlfriend. And I'm like, I know her. That's my friend Casey from like improv. Oh, so we met up after and had like dinner. And I was like, what do you do? Like, who are you? <laughs> I just know you're from improv. And she worked for Penguin. And so we like talked a little bit about that, whatever. A year later, I'm working at MTV. Uh, and they have like a downtown office at the time. In like New York, and 
I am at the elevators and I run into Casey again. And she's like, Penguin's offices are in this building. Like, we should go to lunch. And I'm like, totally. So the same day we go to lunch, she brings me a bunch of books because I had this YouTube series called Tipsy Book Review. Mm -hmm. So really, she was just like, if you like any of these, feel free to make a video about it. I'm like, great, yeah. thanks. Um, and then one day she was like, let's get lunch. My publisher wants to come. I'm like, okay. So we just had a regular lunch. Everybody's just like meeting each other. So they're telling stories yeah. about their life. And then they're like, cool. So like, like what's your book about? I'm like, I, I don't really have one. And they're like, you have all these stories. Like, I don't really have one. <laughs> <laughs> interesting, you should ask. Exactly. I'm like, it's interesting because I've never thought about it. And it's not, uh, it was never even, I love reading, but it was never a goal of mine to write mm -hmm. a book. Um, but they were like, you have a bunch of really weird stories. And like, there's not many people who leave Kentucky <laughs> and like under the circumstances. And it just seems like you're online in a way that other people aren't. Like, I, you could just write this book. And so I was like, okay. So they offered me a book deal and I like already had an agent. So I was like, you guys, they're like, great. Like my agency was like, this is now your book agent. <laughs> so okay. I like, added someone to the team and it just kind of moved. So like I had to get over the imposter syndrome because I'm like, well, I want a book deal. Like it wouldn't hurt. Yeah. That's the thing too, Are, is like no one ever gets hurt by their own book unless they say something like mean about like someone else. Incriminating. Right. Wait, what? Like are book deals lucrative? Lucrative. Yeah. I was like, I didn't have it either. Uh, I think for I think for a one-off thing, yes. I would say if you are more famous than I was when you get one, you probably cash in in a major way. I I got like 60K. How are those? So do they just give it to you? Also, congratulations. Thank you so much. Do they just like give it to you up front or like how are those structured? The way I think mine was, or maybe it was 120. I don't remember. I, I think oh. it was like, yeah, it was like, it was one or the other, but it was like, you get half up front. So I think I got like a oh, check okay. and then it was like, one day you're going to finish this thing because like people take forever oh, to write books. Oh, half of, so they're like, Akila, we want to like purchase your book from you yeah. essentially mm -hmm. for let's just say 60 grand. Yeah. You would get 30 up front. Yeah. And then you, they give you a deadline, but no one meets the deadline. And then when you finally are like, this is the finished product after lots of like drafts and things mm -hmm. and back and forth notes, it's like they cut the check basically the day that the book comes out. So okay. it's like, great, we did it. <laughs> Do you get a percentage of sales or an event? Yes, but it's like mine was, and I think this is pretty common because it was with Penguin, but it's like structured such that like you have to sell a certain number of books for that to kick in. Okay, and got it. it's an exorbitant number. Like It's like you're super famous. You'd have to be like Stephen King mm -hmm. because like most people don't get residuals from, even if you're on the, like the bestseller list, the number to get on the bestseller list is like, it would sound crazy low. It's like 5,000 books. Okay. Like the first week, which like you think I could can buy five thousand dollars of my own book to do that. Right. And some people do, but the funny thing is if you get on the bestseller list that way, they have a little asterisk <gasps> and I do it so really? everybody knows. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so embarrassing. So it's like, yeah, like regular people who are reading the New York Times don't know, but like everyone in the industry is like, Oh, you bought your own book. Wait, how do they know that you bought it? Could you you know how they you have like, like, yeah, like have farms in India? Do they have that for, this Probably. is a good business idea. I'll start that business. Yeah, exactly. I'll buy your book to make you a bestseller so you don't have an asterisk. <laughs> it's not a bad idea. Honestly, I wonder, it might be like if you buy it all from the same person or like the same place at once. Like if you're doing a bulk order, I think is what it is. Cause it's like, no one's ever like, and then I went to this local shop and then this one, it was like, I was on Amazon and I bought 5,000 <laughs> Oops, my finger slips. Yeah, exactly. And then what do you even do with I them? I meant to buy 500, them? but then I added the extra zero. Yeah, it's like, and now I'm homeless because my book was very yeah. expensive. Um, yeah, so it's like that number is not that high, but mm. like people really don't buy books like that. Like, yeah. And there's so many books that come out every single week. That so it's is like, crazy. Books come out at a high volume. Yeah. Like dime a dozen kind of a thing. 
And like to be, you know, I think also there are so many ways to game any industry and like people will just like have the New York Times push it. Like they'll get an interview the same week that their book comes out or like they have a, they're already on TV or something. So like they do a hundred appearances about their book on that yeah. week. And so it's like, yeah, versus a person who just puts it out and is like, I'm doing some local events. Like <laughs> it's just a little bit different. It's different. Yeah. Well, I think the like PR machine is so fat. The strategy it's behind weird. it. I don't know. Did you see the butter charcuterie board lady on TikTok? No. Well, no, I know about her. Yeah. It's like okay. you just put all the butter pats and then it's yeah, kind of yeah. gross. So it came out <laughs> that she she works with big butter. She's like a butter. She's a butter. She's influence. a butter plant. She's a butter plant. Yeah. I guess that'd be big dairy. Yeah. Big dairy. But yeah. And that like that was part of her deliverables, I guess. But I what I don't really understand is there wasn't an ad yeah. tag or anything. So kind of the legalities of right. how, how does isn't. she work with these people? Mm -hmm. But that it like came out that she it was listed, I guess, in some presentation wow. within Big Dairy. As yeah. like, it was an intentional thing to get people to buy more butter. Yeah. And it's like it probably worked for a week. <laughs> yeah. So random. Yeah. Um, but okay. I'm going to attempt to not talk about work for a second. All right. I'm, I'll do my best okay. to help. But, I, but I'm going <laughs> to kind of... As if I have a life. <laughs> I'm going to kind of get to... I don't know. So you said pitching random things, getting opportunities in like a lot of different areas different corners of like the entertainment industry. Totally. So on your link tree, I don't know how old or not this is, but you have a link out to smart sheet McLaren F1 partnership. video. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Like what's, are you a Formula One fan? Okay. So here's the thing. I know very little about it. Okay. Um, I think I was asked because I like had done work with nonprofits. And so like oh. they had the, that company had done, um, some sort of partnership with like a team and then like they were going to have a nonprofit on their uniform instead mm -hmm. of just like all corporations. Um, but I, I appreciate it. I like, I, I think I need to do it. I like, I need to become a, a fan slash influencer. I would like to be in Monica. <laughs> yeah, point. girl. It's why do I keep saying girl? I love it. I don't, I don't say, I well, at least <laughs> I've been saying my guy yeah, to my go. cats. Yes. Yeah, so and so I think that. the, the yeah, like, like hey girl, equal hey and opposite guys. is starting to like come together. Yes. Yeah. I've, every time my cat does something and go, my guy, <laughs> and I don't know why I'm doing that. And then I'm like, have you been going to lots of sports events lately? Like, no, just around, like, I, don't cool know. I don't know what's going on. And then like my, um, my boyfriend, you know him, Brandon, mm -hmm. yes. came home, he was on a trip and he came home and I kept, keep saying my guy to him. And he's like, why are you saying this? Yeah, he's like, me? I need a boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, you say like my love, yes. my, like literally my darling, anything. My boo-boo. Um, <laughs> yeah. He's like, are we like in a frat house? Or like, I don't understand. And I was like, I don't understand either, but I'm just rolling with it. Yeah. It's like you went on vacation. <laughs> I became a bro. Yeah. That's what we're doing. Um, but okay. So you moved from New York to yeah. LA mm. and you did that for the podcast yeah. that you were on. Yeah. Well, I don't want to say you were, you were hosting yeah. your podcast. Yes. Um, <laughs> how you liking it? You know, it's not my favorite, please. <laughs> uh, so this is how I get canceled. I knew it was going to happen at some point on the pod, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, no, because so I spent a month in New York and it completely ruined me. Yeah. And I am it. a Southern California apologist. Born and raised. Born and love. raised. I always was so adamant. I will never leave LA yeah. for longer than you know, uh, maybe Short I'll stint. go live somewhere for a year or something. But yeah. like LA is the best place to be. There's no reason for me to be anywhere else. And then New York was New York. Like, happened. Hello. <laughs> I, and you I, York. I mean, I love LA, but New York, the energy is <sighs> different. And that's the thing. Like, I think it was always the, the chips were stacked against LA for me because I came from Kentucky, very suburban upbringing, drive everywhere, 
using traffic as an excuse not to do things. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then I moved to New York in my early 20s and um, I lived there for almost eight years. And it's like, you are allowed to love it and hate it out loud with people who are striving for things that have nothing to do with the career path you've ever heard of. Like I had friends who were lawyers and finance people and like writers and artists, like painters and whatever. And so it's like, you just get exposed to so much. Mm. And I think it's like both empowering because you're like, I'm in the middle of the universe, but also so humbling because you're like, everyone's good. And no one is stopping to be like, take my picture. Whereas here it's like, who's your agent? How did you do that thing? And I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, (laughs) I just collabed. I met this person and then we thought maybe this would work and then it did. And like, I, I don't know how you would, you can recreate what I went through in New York. Like, for example, I did all these YouTube videos. Um, I did come out to LA to do some collabs with friends who are YouTubers out here. And then Casey Neistat made a video for Samsung, but he used all these clips from like other YouTubers. And one of them was a collab I did out here. And so I like commented on Twitter and he was like, oh man, wish you lived in New York. Cause like, I would love to work together. I'm like, I do live in New York. And he's like, great. Now we're best friends. You're like, literally, you're lying. Akilah. I swear on my life. I, I could call him right now. He probably wouldn't answer. I don't, is he back in the States? I might call him right now, but literally, so I meet him that way. He was, this was when he was doing all of his stuff with Samsung in uh-huh, like a huge yeah. way. So we did this like event at Lincoln Center, invited me, which was funny because like he flew all these people from LA and they all got their private cars. And then it's like, I get a car from Brooklyn. <laughs> like you get to stay at the standard hotel. And I'm like, I live here, but yes, I will take the hotel. Ooh, the one in East Village. Yeah, the beautiful oh, one with the boom boom room. That is where <laughs> Brandon took me to New York, like perhaps too early on when we were dating and we stayed there (laughs) yeah 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 I love that place yeah um and so like I stayed there we did the thing and then he was like would just message me all the time be like do you want to do this thing like I'm starting 368 do you want to be one of like the founding people oh he's he's behind that yeah that's like his like studio I didn't realize that yeah and so like he was just like let's do stuff then he was like uh I mean this was I don't know March of one year by the next year he's like I'm doing a commercial for Samsung. I want you to be in it. The next day I flew out to LA and was in a Samsung commercial. Then he was like, I have this deal with them to like partner with other creators. And we're going to like Cannes to the South of France to make videos. You want to be one? I'm like, yes. You went with the, I saw his vlog for that. Yeah. Here, wait. Okay. So my question with that, and this is not anything against Casey at all. (laughs) It it, it actually isn't, but it's more just like being a woman in the industry Mm -hmm. and like moving through it. And I've found, I've had experiences where, there is like this serendipity and you are getting these opportunities from this man who Mm -hmm. uh, let's just call it a position of power because it's like, they're more connected than you. You have a billion subscribers is like Like, known all around the world. Did you ever get nervous about like, yes, this man's married, but is he a creep or like, like, no, you never got nervous. Well, that's the thing is like, I met him the first time we actually like met, met, because uh, I think the way it worked was like they had that event at Lincoln Center and then they had an event at um at the uh, the Whitney Museum. Like mm-hmm. so right over there by yeah. like the standard. But it was just like and now they closed it down for this event. And I talked to his wife for like three hours. Yeah, and she's such a person. Like, I think that it's so easy to I think I mean, like you have to protect yourself. Let's be clear. <laughs> yeah. People don't protect you. You protect yourself. But I I knew that he was safe. Because also I had met him way before this and I didn't remember, Um, but he was such a normal person and was Mm. so disgusted by the, like, 
trying to get ahead influencer people in the scenario where we met, we met at a dinner that was for a charity and we weren't there to like give money or anything, but they were like, we want to partner with people to make um, something happen. And all the other influencer people were like immediately like, how many people follow you? Oh, well, I have a million followers. So like, Do it's people, so hard. Oh my gosh. That's why I hate influencer events. It stresses me out so much. There was one time, sorry. No, you're good. No, I'm story. You're, listen, I'm there right was here one with time you. I went to the, it was like the Allo yoga house or whatever. Couldn't possibly. I, the only reason why I went was because I knew that you got a free outfit yeah, if you went. And I, I was mean, like, same. I can stomach these. I can stomach this yeah, for I'll make a it. free outfit. And I'm waiting in line and this like everyone see, I don't know how come it feels like everybody knows each other at these events, Yeah, but they all kind of hate each other secretly. Too, it's such yeah. a weird energy. Anyways, I'm standing in line. This line is in the sun. We're baking. And the woman in front of me, like we kind of get to talking mm-hmm. just because you're stuck in line yeah. for free clothes, totally. whatever. Yeah. Like you got to pass the time somehow. <laughs> yeah. And she like looks at me and she's like, yeah, you know, like I'm so like, I'm so above this. Like, I just hate the vibe here. And I was like, yeah, I get, I told her, I was like, I get super nervous at these things because I just feel like I don't know what to talk to people about. She was like, yeah, you know, like it's really hard because like, like you'd think it'd be really easy for me because I'm really important. (laughs) And my, that was, that was my face. Cause at first I was like, oh cool. I found a friend. Cool, cool, cool. But she's like, yeah, I'm like really important. Like, I don't know if you like have heard of like the Aloe Yoga app, but I like, and she, I'm not going to out her, but she like is in it. it. (laughs) And she's telling me how she's surprised that like more people aren't paying attention to her. And I just am like, yeah. Okay, well now I guess I'm stuck standing next to you making some small talk about how important you are. Exactly. Until we get like tell clothes. us more about <laughs> yoga. <laughs> like, yes, it's so like that. And like that was the energy. Like there was a girl at this dinner who truly was like, let's go around the table and say how many people follow us. And so it was funny, like at, up till it got to Casey, she was at the most with like a million. She's like, I get like, no joke, like 10,000 messages a day, like just really on her own ass. Like I'm amazing. And so like everybody's going around like, oh, 100,000, like 50,000, like, oh, I don't know, gosh. whatever. And then like Casey's like, mm, like 12 million. <laughs> what is she, like, how humbling, what is she? She left. <laughs> Which I was lying. She was like, I have to go. <laughs> she left. And I was like, wow. And he was like, he was sitting like kind of across from me. And he was like, that girl sucks. Like, that girl sucks. <laughs> but we didn't remember each other from that until much later. And so I like, I remembered liking him. But okay. also he like he is creative online in a way that like is not trying to sell me anything necessarily. Yes. Changed what vo- like vlogging felt like and like was so original that like everyone was trying to copy his stuff. And I'm like, I just don't think that he would have the time to be that guy. But like, I had to use all of those context clues. And then he's, yeah. and he's got like a seven, I mean, then it was like a 17 year old son. Now he probably is like a 25 year old son and yeah. like, is older than everybody, like wants to leave early is like so different. And so I'm like, I think that you just have to be discerning, but like, it, it's hard. I went to an event for, um, like Fenty for the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. And it was like, not at the Super Bowl, but like the week before. And to your point, it was like, I didn't want to go. I, I'm not a big drinker. So like the oh my appeal gosh, is, a, Akilah, yeah. we should hang out more. <laughs> should. Like, I'm like, I'm not trying to get like wasted in this place and like then feel bad tomorrow. And like, I, I also was so viscerally aware. I'm like, Rihanna's not coming to this. Like, I just knew, like my friend invited me and I'm like, just so we're clear. She's like, she might stop it. I'm like, she's pregnant. Like she's announcing it, but like, we all know, like she's not been in photos anywhere for this amount of time. Like she's not coming. She's also not going to get sick right before the Super Bowl. Like COVID is still a thing. So it's like, and it's like the week of, like she's getting some treatment. Like, you know what I mean? Like she's focused on the performance. Yeah. Um, so like, I was just like, look, we'll go, we'll take pictures with the clothes. Like none of them were free. (laughs) I was like, we don't even get a jersey. I was going to say you 
don't you dare invite me to your influencer event. And I, I don't drink, so it's like the drinks are the thing. So I was like, eh. But we, like, made some content for them because, like, maybe we'll get invited back and there'll be an outfit, whatever. But, like, there were so many people there. It was so, like, there to be seen as if they were the, like, main event. And I'm like, but Rihanna is. Like, we are in support of this artist. So you don't have to like scream and bump into people so that they look at you and like come with your own security as if anyone cares. Like it's so the egos are really hard to weather. And so I felt like, like, I think that more than anything separates it for me in New York, where it's like, I think in New York, there are so many geniuses who have no idea that they're that talented. And they also think it's never going to happen for them. And so they're striving so hard. And here I'm like, I don't know anybody with a job. (laughs) Like three o'clock on a Wednesday, I can ask you to hang out and you're going to be <laughs> because you're waiting for like a TV show to show up at your house and be like, you finally. Yes, <laughs> that's so such a weird. good. Dis- well, and I think in general, that energy is very L.A. The, yeah. the I don't know if waiting is the right word, but yeah. aside from even the career standpoint, I think that the biggest thing that I noticed, because when I would apologize for L.A. to people who were like, New York is so much better. <laughs> there's so much going on. It's like, well, you know, L.A. is like not it's not a traditional city, but yeah. if you're intentional, you can really find some cool stuff going on. You just have to go look for it. Yeah. And I think that very much is the energy of L.A. Totally. Is that like, yes, you have to there, seek it out. there are cool people. You have to go and find the cool people. There are cool things to do. You have to get in your car and yeah. go find it. Where totally. I found like when we were in New York, we would step out of the Airbnb. And, yeah. There's so much spontaneity. Yeah. And I think the other thing that I love about New York and I say this with as little judgment as humanly possible, <laughs> but everyone in LA looks like they're made from the same mold or yeah. there's this like cyborgy totally. and, and like uncanny Valley energy totally. happening um, where it was so refreshing to be in New York. And there was, I mean, maybe it's not obvious if you haven't spent a lot of time in both places, but there was obviously more diversity yeah. period, mm-hmm. but just like people looked like people more yeah. and there I found it very creatively inspiring because people when dressed very as individuals Mm -hmm. every day as individuals and people looked like people yeah oh it's amazing like that was a huge thing for me especially coming from Kentucky where it's like it's not like it's necessarily stylish just everybody does look the same and you everyone was striving to be uh in a mold and like accepted as that one kind of beautiful and like i remember in kentucky i have like big curly hair and anytime i go to the mall like they would always like come out of the salon and be like we can straighten that <laughs> like i not asking yeah, like, mm, actually i don't want that yeah and then in new york it was like if anyone spoke to me about it, it was like your hair is awesome like and then just kept it moving like it was mm-hmm. so Uh, And it's like, obviously, you know, there's still the beauty standards that exist, but like you see such a diversity of beauty that like it opens your mind to what's possible. And so it's like you you can, I think, just feel more appreciative of what you have, but also like appreciate other people's looks who are so different from you. And it's not a competition, whereas like. To your point, it's like even at that Fenty event, my friend was like, oh, I recognize that person. I'm like, they look like everybody else here. Like they all go to the same person to get their little touch ups. And like, that's fine, but it's like, don't you, wouldn't it be great if it was just like, everybody looked like what they look like? (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I mean, to your point, it's like, there's in LA, I think there is like a one or two definition of like, this is what beautiful is. This is the template. And like, yes, it is beautiful. Yeah. But in New York, it's like, 
there is just such a diversity it's of vast. beauty. It's really refreshing. It makes you want to like look at people. Yeah. Like in a way where I'm like here, I'm like, I just don't want to. If you look at somebody too long here, they think you recognize them. <laughs> and then they want to talk about themselves. And I'm like, in New York, it's just like they're you're looking at them and then probably are just like make a face at you. Like, stop. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Back oh, up. sorry. Yeah. Just, your face was so unique. And I thought it was great. But yeah, it's like that is energizing. And, you know, to L.A.'s credit, it in many ways is like a one industry town. Like, mm-hmm. it's all entertainment. It's all about, like, that presentation. So I think, like, you know, they're just best practices for what your face should look like. <laughs> fair, very fair. How? <laughs> it's true. It's yeah. So true. Like, they're like, your chin's just got to be exactly this far from your nose. <laughs> <laughs> That's television. Uh, in New York, it's like, people can look like anything. They're just the hottest version of themselves. So it's like, yeah. it also made me, to your point, want to dress. Because, like, I have such great athleisure here. I'm wearing sweatpants even now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, same. Mine are neoprene nice so i felt like I, I really dressed up today. yeah yours are like yours have a shape minor minor like house pants <laughs> <laughs> well so we went to um we went to the gym one morning and then it just made sense on our walk back oh we'll stop and get brunch yeah. great mm-hmm. the food so no it was so embarrassing <laughs> oh because you were wearing, we the, were wearing the athleisure yeah and it was and I, I mean, I think it was embarrassing because like, I love clothes yeah, and well, I and love dressing clothes. up <laughs> yeah. and I, like, I could have done this right. Yes. This and I, who I am. <laughs> no, that I felt like I, I wanted to scream from the mountain. I was like, this is not who I am. <laughs> You're like, this is just a continuation. I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know. <laughs> Literally. Yes. Yes. And coming from Kentucky, I mean, it was like pajamas to college. Like no one ever dressed up like mm-hmm. you can't go to a restaurant and not see somebody in slides with like knee-high socks and like big giant pants and like a dirty shirt <laughs> like, people are outside yeah uh new york i was like i remember one day i just like it's hard to get around when i first moved there and i'm like i didn't time it right so i had an extra hour so just standing on a corner like leaning against the building just watching people walk by in manhattan and i'm like they look so good like everybody like they pressed their outfit they chose the colors they figured out exactly how to like showcase the thing about them that is good and special like i as a virgo i was satisfied <laughs> wait I, so i'm not like a big i don't know the things what is a Vir, what does a virgo do beyonce <laughs> okay cool perfect good, good, good. perfect perfect uh well it's just like appreciating um effort and like uh i think like um talent and being almost perfectionist to a fault like so very personally judgmental and listen who knows if any of this is real it's real until it's not <laughs> for sure no one of my um so i don't have sandbags instead i just tie books to I love as a yeah, that one is but, like about astrology you yeah open it up. <laughs> no so i got it because my uh hairstylist always had it and would have me read it but it's down to like your it's like numerology I think. yeah so it's your birth like your actual day not yeah. just kind of the grouping mm-hmm. of days um and i i keep it here because it is good conversation i don't know yeah I'm whether like, people I'm, believe it or not yeah and like i just i i think that i have to believe in it i think virgos have to because like they're just that that time period has a lot of heavy hitters like beyonce michael jackson canceled fine but like the man could dance uh keanu reeves keanu. amy winehouse uh other people who are probably canceled um freddie mercury like people <gasps> who are like throughout wow pop culture like meticulous groundbreaking Wait, when's your birthday august 31st so. oh okay so it's like right after leo's yeah okay got it, got it, got it, got it. no i'm a pisces oh <laughs> great i love yeah, pisces. <laughs> i'm a pisces which it's funny because like i don't i know you tell me if i'm wrong or not 
I feel like with Pisces, it's like emotional. Yeah. Is just basically the blanket. Yeah. It's like, like you are emotional and creative and that's what it is. Yes. Yes. And, and there's like, like spiritual, a, like where you're like, I'm seeking something in life. Yes. <laughs> and which definitely describes me. But I think the thing that gets me the most is so Pisces is a water sign and I, the water, this is very LA of me. I mean, let's be honest. I am LA. Oh, cute. But like. <laughs> The water is so healing. Yeah. Yeah. It's free. It's like, that. that's what I'm saying. It's real till it isn't. And I'm like, I feel like my whole life, I thought I was a beach person and I love going to the beach. Don't get me wrong. I always say I'm visiting my mother. I'm like, the ocean is my mom. <laughs> I always like relax after I go. Oh, like, and she knows I'm the me. little sister. Yeah. Wait, this makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're like in Moana. Um, <laughs> uh, but then I, I love mountains and I'm like, I think that's actually where I'd want to die is like, is, and it's an oh. earth sign. And I'm like, I actually do love being some like I don't love to hike but I like being on a mountain I like How looking interesting. out and like letting my eyes relax while I look at a bunch of like sides of cliffs like that's for that's me it relaxing for yeah see my thing is like I'll go out on a surfboard and just I sit in the water oh. and it's there's <laughs> nothing like it but it's I didn't used to think I was a beach person yeah I don't know I didn't I don't the sand and the toes that is not a positive for me yeah I do feel like I'm consistently so. like get manicuring myself but don't yeah. you like love how soft your feet feel after you're at the beach in the sand because oh, it like exfoliates yeah it's a yeah. self-exfoliating thing I never thought about that yeah that's the only thing I like about the beach is, is like the my feet feel great. <laughs> you know there's things called pedicures yeah, yeah you could just pay the money <laughs> I mean or you couldn't um okay so question for you yes the modern Remember I told you that this isn't a career podcast? Yeah, we're back. So um, (laughs) the modern creative career, do you feel like it's harder now to break into social media or traditional media? Social. Now, for sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think it's still like insanely hard. Like I think for television, it's still best practice is know somebody and like let them be your dad. (laughs) Could you imagine best practice? It's one line. Yeah, have a dad. dad. That's like... (laughs) I guess maybe two, have a dad, two, have a dad in entertainment. Yes, exactly. (laughs) That's the two important facts. And like, and I think too, uh, so that like, that is true. But I also think sadly, traditional media is like pulling the people from social now because they're like, well, you'll bring in the numbers, which is never true. Like the thing still has to be good. And so I remember when I was coming up, like there were people who were huge on YouTube and they were the first kinds of people on YouTube who were getting TV deals and they always got canceled because it was like the people who watch them on YouTube, watch them at their own pace and whatever. Like they're not going to sit at home on a Friday to watch your show. You're (laughs) you're trying to change like audience behavior. Right. And And they're never going to do it. They're like, they're also, you know, with social media, the game is to get younger and younger audiences because then they will grow with you for longer. So it's like, they, the youngest kids I know, like my niece and nephew don't watch TV at all. Like they're on streaming sometimes, but like they're watching other kids unbox things or they're playing video games. So it's like, it's hard to get those eyes. Um, so I think like, it's just weird. It's like the snake is eating its own tail at this point, but I think social media, you know, Hank Green used to always say this it was like when people would ask him at VidCon, how do I have your career? Like, what what would you tell me to do? And he's like, start seven years ago. Like, it's only getting harder every year because everybody's beautiful now. <laughs> That's the yeah. first thing. Like, they, we all have the same access to, like, good makeup tutorials. So <laughs> the teens aren't even ugly anymore. <laughs> Which is crazy. Can it's you imagine? Fast. I would be so neurotic if I didn't have that phase of just, like, being insanely humbled. Same. Same. I also am like, I think they would expect it to last in a way where I'm like, no, like... It, I see the rise and fall. Yes, it's totally. the bell curve. Yes, 
<laughs> like you got to have that beginning where you feel like a foot and then you get really hot and you get to appreciate it and then you age out of caring. Uh, and I'm like, oh, they're going to care forever because they started at the top. So it's only going to be like yeah, a Sunset Boulevard where they're like, I used to be in pictures. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to be 23, like just eating whatever pill will keep them looking the same. And I'm like, oh, I think you should just let it happen. We're all on a conveyor guy. belt. <laughs> <laughs> Go the same way. <laughs> There's this guy and he, I think is in his 50s and he's like oh, obsessed with being young. being young. And so he like the transfuses his son, his teenage son's blood. Yeah. And he just looks like he has John and is old i'm like I, for two million dollars i will just tell you you look young like, i'll lie to you just pay everybody in your general vicinity to lie yeah, to you here's a hundred bucks to everyone in the starbucks yeah. say i look really young like that's what you're looking for because like it's not happening his hair is dyed this like the color red that archie's is like <laughs> so it looks really weird like it's just a shame and people are really addicted to that sort of thing but i think um that would have been discouraging to me. Like when I was starting on YouTube, it was really like <laughs> everyone had a camera that was one pixel. So you never knew what anyone looked like. And then it was just like, if this isn't funny or good in the first 10 seconds, I'm turning it off. Uh, and now it's just like, people are so interesting to look at because they're so beautiful, so young, whatever, that like, I don't know how you differentiate yourself. Like, I also think that like, because that generation, like Gen Z and younger has grown up with like, YouTube already they're so much better performing on camera in a way that like mm -hmm. I remember in high school like if you brought out a camera everyone would be like oh my god <laughs> like hi there's how do what do I do yeah and be like Stop, looking at me I look crazy like, yeah the anxiety of ever being recorded and now it's like if you pull out a camera like every kid can do a backflip and like talk to it I'm like yeah I think I think like with everything in tech uh, we're moving towards the singularity where it's like, well, people are all too good at this. So it's not going to be lucrative ever again. And we're all going to be done. Yeah. <laughs> Go back outside. Well, my, um, <laughs> <laughs> work the fields, um, <laughs> give up on the street. Yeah. What, like, what can AI not do? Oh, it, manual labor. <laughs> exactly. Yep, yep. I guess it's what the robots are for. Though. Yeah. And I'm glad that they're going to write all the art in the movies. And I'm like, yeah. good. I, I, this lithium mine is so much more joyful. <laughs> this robot wrote a screenplay based on a bunch of other people who could write um my a producer that i worked with he has a daughter i mean wow that was so long ago she must be like 10 now mm -hmm. but at the time she was maybe six-ish and he was showing me this video about how they were um like making cookies and he just it was a normal video and she turns around and she goes what's up youtube da -da 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 -da. she's like i didn't tell her to say that and i was like Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Horrifying. Literally, I remember I brought my phone out around my niece, and she was probably five. So this was five years ago. And uh, I was just like, hey, like, we're just going to do a Snapchat. I expected her to be bashful and be like, no. She immediately was like, hi, like and subscribe. Leave a comment. And I'm like, leave a comment? Like, <laughs> and I asked her, I was like, what do you think a comment is? She's like, I think you're supposed to say something nice. And I'm like, well, okay, what do you think people should say? She's like, okay, if you leave a comment, say happy birthday. I'm like, it's not your birthday. But like, she was so aware. And so my my sister and her husband, the way that they like, placated that was that they um, they had that app. Oh, I know. Marco Polo. So you can okay. like, make little videos and send them to people, but oh. not like post online. So okay. like they pretended they had like a cooking show <laughs> on Marco Polo and would send it to me. And I'd be like, great episode, Nadia. Wow. Like, I love what you did with the Reese's Cup. <laughs> Wait, that's so cute. Yeah. I don't know about that. App. It was like we were playing. Uh, I don't even know that it still exists. I haven't gotten anything out of it in so long, but it's like it was big in the pandemic because it was like you can leave like a it's like a cameo basically like a voicemail okay. that's like hi it's my face <laughs> okay cute cute mm -hmm. cute cute um okay so 
before we're like coming to the close and oh, we I never want to stop pretty much only talked about your job so you'll have right. to come back so we yeah can oh, I'll be back talk next about week. not job stuff um, so my dog that's but, all I have oh your dog your so dog's cute. so cute he's so cute he's, he's insane so cute. he looks like a little fox um okay well we'll see where we are with time after this so knowing when to stop because you don't post on you your youtube anymore no <laughs> that's a hard decision yeah is it something that you like do you i don't want to say feel bad about it but do you feel like wow i got all these opportunities posting on youtube if i stop posting on youtube does that mean those like did you have any anxiety about no i think not doing it anymore definitely and i think like i you know what i kind of came to was like i truly would always say out loud this is a portfolio of what i'm good at and i had hundreds of videos by that point probably a thousand videos or something and I was just like, people know what I'm good at. Like if they, like the, the reference is here, the idea that like every week I'm going to do something that feels fulfilling or like something, somebody hasn't already done it or like, you know, I'm going to want to edit it because it's so exhausting. And like, it's not my goal in life is to be the best editor in the world. Totally. You know yeah. I mean? It's like, I just felt like it was diminishing returns. And like, also it's YouTube in particular was the kind of place where it was, it was maybe the first social media place where the comments were so important, where it was like, they want you to facilitate a community in the comments, meaning you constantly available and you're always responding to people who even don't like you just to keep the conversation going. And I'm like, this is not like, it's not like my dream was to be famous explicit, you know, whatever, but I wanted to be able to be paid to do what I like doing. (laughs) And I was like, a big part of that was never, like, I never considered I'm going to have to talk to people about what I just made and explain a joke that is in, you know, on TV. Like, it's just not, uh, the appealing part of the career for me. It's like, I would love to have people appreciate it and like get to know them. But the idea that like, I'm making a video to facilitate a conversation sucks. <laughs> like, it's like, that. I, I'm not curious in that way. Like, if they have really have something to say to me, they should have to make a video too. Because, yeah. like, I don't want to have to fight with you. <laughs> Can you imagine if that was the rule with comments is to Amazing. leave a comment, you have to post a video or, would like, be, post an Instagram picture? No one would hate. It would be done immediately. Yeah. It would, because people would be like, oh, oh, I don't want to, I couldn't open myself up to that kind of criticism. There's, like, a lack of anonymity that mm-hmm. I think makes people so gross. <laughs> Yeah. It's why I hate driving in Los Angeles is that like people forget that there are people in other cars. It's just like their ego. And they're like, you're stopping me from going fast. And I'm like, you're killing people. <laughs> Drive safer. <laughs> they have somewhere to go. Like, just uh, remember that other people are people and matter and have feelings and like maybe yeah. a family to get home to. Maybe, perhaps. Yeah. Like, and if they don't, they're still a person. Like, yeah. This car isn't just an obstacle. Like, yeah. they're also going somewhere. Right. Yeah. And I think it's so easy to dehumanize people. And so like all of that was so gross to me by that point. And like, I had had all of these different like fellowships with YouTube. So it's like, I've spoken about it to people who could change it, who've made it clear that they do not care. They're like, this is just how it's going to be. Like, this is how YouTube started. It is how it is forever. And I just was like, I'm making more money now doing stuff on TV and one-off hosting deals and the book. And, you know, I had the podcast shortly after my last YouTube video. And so it was just like, I knew that I could make it. I finally believed that like, I didn't have to remind people I existed every minute of my life. Like I was like, you know what? The relevance is here. And like, I have to just trust that like the people who like me, I've met them now. Like they're, I don't need to keep reintroducing myself or like keep recreating the wheel and trying to like top a YouTube video that I made several years ago. Like all of that felt so 
needless and like I like writing a diary I don't want to make a vlog like <laughs> yeah I, it's not always for other people and so it's like I just I think that the the nice way to say it is I think I aged out like I just I that that kind of um uh accolade and like acknowledgement wasn't fulfilling anymore mm -hmm. and so I think like if you don't feel fulfilled or fed by what you're doing then like figure out something else to do. And like, that's really what I did. But I, yeah. I, I understand the fear because like, well, if this is the only thing that's worked. Then like, what am I gonna, like, are people ever gonna care again? Yeah. They did. <laughs> Maybe yeah. for other people, like that wasn't the case. But I think generally speaking, like if you make enough good work, the people who want to work with you will find you. That's a good, that's a good, that's a great tidbit. I really Thanks. like that. Thanks. <laughs> um, okay, so just real quick though, Fortnite. You play Fortnite? Like, I play Fortnite. Really? I love Fortnite. I played Fortnite last night. They had these great new outfits that came out, and you can customize every part of it the eye color, the hair, the outfit. Like wow. 500 million combinations per thing you have. Like, yeah. and it's nuts. What the heck? So cute. My PC's been broken for the last like month, and I'm waiting for a part to come oh, in. Oh no. So I have, I've like been completely out of the video game realm lately, oh, which has been very tough. weird. This is the longest I've gone without playing a video game. Have you? I mean, you. I'm looking at a Switch right now. I saw now. your eye dart to my Switch. I don't like Zelda. How? I've been playing it nonstop. Yeah, all of my friends love Zelda. I do not like Zelda. Well, it's hard. Is it all those puzzles, like the shrines are like exhausting? No, I actually don't mind that. I think it's just like, I have no nostalgia for Zelda. Yeah. Like my- Me same. Oh, interesting. It's really just like, it's not like any other game I've ever played. So I'm like, wow. I have this. <laughs> See, I, it didn't grab- I can rec. I have like I played the what was the one before? Oh, Zelda? Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild. Yeah. I played Breath of the Wild mm -hmm. for like maybe ten hours. Yeah, and I was like, I get it, mm -hmm. but like I don't, I don't. Yeah, need to it keep was. Playing this. Yeah. Um, I don't like. I don't know, but that's interesting because I always thought maybe because I didn't grow up playing it, so yeah. I have no context for it. It's just kind of this this game yeah um no it's funny it's like i think i'm probably a rare person in that regard because i also like i just i didn't have those consoles whatever they were like mm -hmm. i was more of a second person so i'm like yeah and like i don't know tekken on playstation like i was just playing tekken. like random <laughs> like fighting games and dancing Wait, do games. you still do you still follow tekken yeah i'm a passionate yeah person. i love tekken because i think the story in tekken is so off the hinges it's nuts like it's it, nuts i want to be in the writer's room for when they're determining what these stories yes. are my favorite one was i think tekken 5 and that's the one where like um eddie gordo is gone and christy montero is like rising <laughs> that's my main obviously any capoeira character is broken yeah you gotta choose <laughs> the one who's moving all the time is gonna win <laughs> yeah hey, yeah that's i loved strategy. it yeah um yeah i don't know i zelda for me is like somebody wrote an article about it and i i can link it in the show notes but um it's uh it was about how the only way they could be mindful or meditate was while playing Zelda. And I'm like, that's true because oh. it's like, for me, I'm like, I'm watching the time pass. I'm, I'm figuring out what's over there. I'm like, I'm so, I'm not on my phone. I can't think about anything but what's happening because I'm like living as Link. So I'm like, I have to cook, I have to fight these monsters. Uh, maybe I'll just go back over here and like take a nap. Like it was so focused that like I find it too addictive. So now I have to wear blue blockers when I play because I can play for like five hours straight. And I'm like, now my eyes are strained <laughs> beyond like my phone rings. And I just like, <laughs> ah, the light. <laughs> yes, it's messing me up. Man, did you ever like deal with the, I don't know. I like hearing about you and your friends who play because you were saying you play with yeah. um, like all girl mom, gazing at all, Like <laughs> great. Do you ever like, are you guys confronted with the fact that we're not the normal not people? 
no, I mean, normal in like the <laughs> biggest quotes ever, yeah. but just because, you know, I came up in games journalism and yeah. so I'm, you're super I'm aware. Astutely aware of the fact that I am not, yeah, like, I'm not the target audience. Yes, yeah. totally. Like, as a casual gamer who's not working in games, is that something that you're confronted with at all? You know what? No. I That's mean, amazing. It's I'm, like, this is the best answer. Yeah, this is the answer truly, I was hoping for. No, it's like, it's so nice. <laughs> And what I found too is like, even for example, we were doing the Fortnite shoot. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if we're allowed to talk about this, but um, uh, what's Courage? Yeah. Jack yeah. Courage was there uh, for the initial shoot, but then we had some issues with like the weather, so he couldn't be a part of it. Um, but even talking to him, I expected him to be like judgmental or weird. And it was, he was immediately disarmed and like charmed by the mm-hmm. fact that I'm like, we don't play to be good. Like these are just the games that we really like. And like, I think he's probably in a world that is like mostly young white boys who feel like this is for me and other people are infiltrating and like being able to just talk to an adult and also like a woman who's like, I like that game. You like this game? This is another game that I would recommend. And he's like, that's a game that I've never heard of, but like, that's my kind of game. Like it, it feels like that could actually end all of the like annoying identity politics we have in America right now where people are like, I hate Pride Month <laughs> and like I'm just allowed to be who I am and like whatever, like all these stupid fights that we're always having. I'm like, if in video games, like I think that there is such potential to be accepting. Like the fact that boys who play Fortnite play as like the girl gimp character because she's smaller and harder to hit. I'm like, that is, it's never been an advantage to be a woman. (laughs) And so like, if they're willing to see past it, like there's so much that they can, but I think it is so nice because it's like, I'm sure if I was really trying to make money gaming, um, I would, people be coming for me all the time. They're like, you suck, you dog water. Yeah. (laughs) You think you're as good as boys. And I'm like, dog water is such a good insult. It's so so gross. It's really bad. It's so good. That is, I'm going to start using that. That's a great insult. It's so mean. I love it. What's like some of your favorite one-liner insults? Like, do you have like names that you call people? I have a running list on my phone. That's super good. Of insults. It's not very long, but I am on this podcast going to add dog water to it it's so good i mean like specifically when i'm playing a game no just just in in your everyday life i'm sure i have i i feel like i'm really good at coming up with them on the spot oh i could definitely see that being like i think like most of my twitter following is like akila's tweeting something really silly or she's like embarrassing somebody who said something wrong and they shouldn't have said it to her and i like come up with the the cruelest I'm like, I I am a, like, I was never a bully, but if you tagged me in, I would have been able to be like finisher. <laughs> That's me. Yeah. The anchor. Yeah. yeah. My, so I only have four insults on there right now. Cute. So I have rat bastard. Love it. Rat bastard. Derelict. Love that. Uh, thorn in my side and now dog water. Love it. Dog water. Mm-hmm. You're fucking dog water. I don't know if I'm on the curse. You're <laughs> effing dog water. Um, no, you can curse. <laughs> heck yeah. I haven't decided what I'm doing with those, if they're getting bleeped out or not, but yeah, I we'll curse too much that yeah. guests are allowed to curse. Yeah. I'm okay. So the, the final, the final question that I have for you, mm. well, that's actually not true because we have a little game, but it's a short game, um, is, so you do so much. Is there anything that you want to do that you haven't? That I haven't mm-hmm. at all. Or maybe you've gotten a taste of and you want mm. more. So I did, I sold a TV show, um, to oh my Disney. Gosh. <laughs> You're the second person that I've had this week that sold a TV show. You guys are crazy. I know. Congratulations. It's wild. Thank That's you exciting. so much. Um, but so I sold it, um, I, I sold it to Freeform, which is like owned by Disney. For sure. 
Bob Iger came back and I was like, yes, this show is really happening. And we like had a mini room, which is part of the whole strike now. Did like you get issue. to meet Bob Iger? No. Okay. I'm uh, sorry. Him. I know that that's like not a good thing to say considering like the writer's strike right now. And he is like holding some keys. Yeah. But I, I love, I, do, love Bob. I really like Bob. I Iger. was so, he came back on Thanksgiving. I was at a friend's giving mm-hmm. or like it was that weekend. And I remember we all jumped up and down. Like it was just like all he's Hollywood great. people who had never worked with him. Yeah. And they're like, yes. Bob. Oh my God. And he's like really hot. He is. He's like a good old, cute old guy. He like, you want to age like that. You <laughs> want to age like Bob Iger. I mean, mm-hmm. he's in his, I think late seventies. Yeah. And I don't remember what I was watching, but they were going over like his regimen and he rides his bike, like however many miles all every day. morning. Yeah. Like he's a, Healthy Good. man. <laughs> He's gonna live a long time. <laughs> I'm I'm rooting for Bob. I'm rooting for Bob. Bob, Bob can get it. Yeah. Uh but Bob uh unfortunately did not keep going with my show. So they gave uh, it back to me. Um oh. which is fine. We got is that paid. typical? Yeah. Like it okay. happens a lot, especially like when these sort of shakeups are happening and like especially when like they all knew the writer strike was coming as far back as December. So it mm-hmm. was like that was when we got the word that they were like, okay, we're we're unfortunately passing on it, but like they paid us out and we can make it, but we can only make the things that we wrote for them for like the internet. Like they were just like, don't put it on TV, which I'm like, that's sucks. Cause like yeah. it's really good and I wish But you like, can take the concept and shop it around. Totally. It's just like the actual per episode yeah like the thing that we like written and like they had approved they're like these sketches are out so it was a sketch comedy show okay um and yeah i can't wait and like i can't sell it right now because like the writer's strike like i'm not a scam but um i am excited to like do that so like that's actually i think like writing a show and starring in it is super it's like a a moonshot and like it was very unlikely even back when Lena Dunham was doing it for girls but like she kicked open a door in that way where Mm -hmm. like there are so many shows that are just like Atlanta with like you know Donald Glover and Dave from FX like Mm -hmm. and you know I think Pete Davidson has buff kiss or whatever now like there's all these shows that are so from your perspective and like you have such a not even creative control but like you get you kind of have control of who you're collaborating with and so you can really build exactly what you want and I think that that is just like a beautiful challenge but also like if you succeed that's like that to me is enough legacy like I could go have kids and like sit down like after yeah yeah but um something like that or like I don't know I used to want to be on SNL so bad uh but I'm like the daily show like they're coming back this fall. They're figuring out who the host is. I don't think I'd be the host, but I'm like, I think I could be a great correspondent. So that's, that's what I okay. want to do. Good. Well, maybe we'll see you there. That'd be so cool. Okay. So quick hot take. I would, that sounded like I was signing off. I'm not surprised. We're still going. <laughs> um, so we do these hot takes and there's four of them. Um, they, you can explain, you cannot explain. It's up to you mm-hmm. how you want to handle it. But mm-hmm. um, I'd love to know what Akila thinks yeah. of of these things. So going out on a weekday is more fun than going out on a weekend. Yes, I agree. I think that, um, the reason why is one is going to be less crowded and I hate crowds. I hate crowds. I mm-hmm. won't wait in the line for more than five minutes unless it's like a Disney ride. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, fine. Like we can play heads up or something, but like just to go somewhere where we're eating, I'm like, no, like we literally go anywhere. So I love that there's not crowds. Um, I also just think like, there are weirder things to do during the week. Like everything on the weekend is a party, a cookout, a you're at a thing that like, it's just, it's too structured. Whereas I'm like, I, if I go on a date on a weekday, it's like, we yeah. can start here. We go to a movie, then we'll go to a museum then we'll go. <laughs> and no one's going to be there and it's going to be super easy. So I, I like it because I think it feels more exclusive. 
Okay. No, I like that though. There are more things to do during a weekday yeah. and there's less people. Like mm-hmm. I have a group of friends and we will go dancing at the Abbey, yeah. but we only go dancing on Tuesdays. Nice. <laughs> like, I don't think I've ever been to the Abbey on a weekend. Yeah. I, we only go on Tuesdays. It's not very crowded, but they play really good music. On yeah, Tuesdays. exactly. So like, you gotta do it. Well, now I know and I'm going to be there. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I'll let you know next yeah, time. Totally. Like, I love this week we went, yes, this week it. we went and the lineup was literally, it went from La 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 la. Yeah, I love the Around the world. <laughs> yeah. That to um like y'all ready for this? Yeah. <laughs> that one to Space Jam. Nice. To hit me maybe one more time. Wow, that's my era. To this bye bye bye. This that's it was like... nuts. Well, because we said after the la 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 one, we were like, okay, we're gonna leave after this, and then it just kept going. Yeah. And we all were looking at each other, but it was funny because we were with two of the people are younger. And they didn't um, know it. They didn't know that y'all ready for this. And like three of us, we all looked at each other. We were so hyped because we could not believe they were playing. That yeah, song. I've never heard it in the and wild. No, exactly. <laughs> it's like what? Yeah, and like this is me. We were myself up. so hyped, and the other two were like, "Yeah, it's a good song." And we're like, "Oh my god, they yeah, don't, like, you don't even know." You're it. so young. You all are babies. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so I'm I'm actually I'm with you on that one. I like mm-hmm. going out on weekdays. Love it. Uh, people who got famous on social media aren't real celebrities. <laughs> I'm like, do I want to get canceled by my peers? Um, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Wait, this is okay. Wh- this is interesting though because I, I, I feel like that's who I am. Yeah, but I don't think I'm a real celebrity. I'm like, I, you were a niche celebrity, and like, here's the thing. When I was growing up, I was born in 1989. When I was growing mm-hmm. up, there were 12 famous people. <laughs> yes. And they were so famous that they never did interviews. And so it was like to hear from them was crazy. Um, They would put out one project a year, maybe, Mm -hmm. (laughs) sometimes two. And that would be a crazy year. Like Jim Carrey doing three movies back to back. That's why he's a superstar now. He did three movies now. (laughs) (laughs) He did 70 movies. None of them matter. Yeah. They all came out on streaming and no one saw them. Um, And there are so many famous people. That like, it's, I think the idea what of fame, fame doesn't anyways. exist anymore. Yeah. Like when I go on Instagram, there's so many times where I like end up clicking somebody's profile, like they have 20 million followers. I've never heard of them in my life. Yes. No one I know follows them, but yeah. they're like more famous than God well, <laughs> in Brazil. Like. This guy, the guy, Sydney Sweeney did a movie with, there was like that so one much drama. Guy. I don't know who the guy, I definitely, I think he was in Top Gun. Yeah. But I don't know his name oh. and he looks like somebody who should be famous, I yeah. guess. But just like they said him and his famous girlfriend who I also had never heard of. And I was like, I can't keep track of all right. these famous people. Right. It's like it's it's about it feels like they're making them up at this point. Yeah. And it's also like truly just like so saturated. So I think that um it yeah, like I, I think real celebrity for me like is anyone who was famous after 1995 is like, oh, that's not true. Let's give the spice girls they do. <laughs> After, if you start being famous after the year 2000, I'm like, I think, okay, Beyonce. So <laughs> there's exceptions. Yeah, there's a few exceptions, but like they, those are the superstars. And yeah. then there's just like now there is a class of celebrity that is just like someone you could run into at Target any day and they are desperate to be interviewed for your small thing because it's like they need to stay relevant or they will die. Like they have that Tinkerbell disease. If you're not clapping for them all the time, they are not famous. And I'm like, I, I, I yearn for those days. Not that I would ever be that successful, but it's like, the bar is different then. And now I'm like, so am, am I competing for this? Do I want to compete for like most relevant 
cashier at Target. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of like, I think that any the notoriety of my job, don't get me wrong, is it's really, I'm always really grateful when people tell me that like they watch my show as I'm sure you felt when people oh, would always. tell you that like they read your book or they watch you on YouTube or yeah, your pod, listen podcast. to your podcast. Hi, baby. <laughs> oh we my have a guest gosh, now. so That's cute. Simba. Simba is uh, rubbing up against me. I, he, uh, he, I'm assuming he uh, mm. probably smells my dog and is like, oh, is he here? Like, <laughs> Simba is rambunctious to put it lightly. Be, the Hi, cutest bud. paws I've ever seen in my life. He, he's going to come over here. Um, but so cute. yeah, and I, but I feel like I don't like, I just want to make money. Yeah. Totally. I just want to make money and I just want to be doing, making things that yes. I like. Same. Those like, are my I two could criteria. Get paid every year enough to like not worry about money and to have at least like one month to travel and like un like no emails that month. You know what I mean? Mm. Like everyone's gotta just leave me alone. Yeah. That to me is actually like the best. That's that what be the I best want. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why I think when we were talking about voice acting, that's why I think voice acting is like, that's the place to be. Dream. Because you can still go to the grocery totally. store. People leave you alone. Right. Nobody really cares what you look like. Yeah. You don't have to go to events to be relevant because it's mm. like, well, whatever. They yeah. might hear your voice one day and be like, are you that person? Because I love that show. Yeah. Like that's, I mean, it's why I like doing the podcast so much was that like, if I was ever recognized, it was like something I was really proud of. I was like doing news. So I'm like, okay, they don't think I'm an idiot. But also it was just like, I love your laugh. I've, I've listened to you sometimes and I'm like, oh, wow, they're like not creeps. <laughs> like what a win. Yeah, it's the best. So if you guys are listening, listen to our voices. Aren't they beautiful? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Pugs are ugly. <laughs> You're desperately trying to get me canceled. Well, I'll say it. Pugs are ugly. I think there are so many ugly animals and I... It's funny, my my friend Dustin and I often say, it's like, if you're getting an animal, and like, look, my dog is rescued. The cutest dog I could have rescued. <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a ceiling. Right. I'm like, if I have to, I'm the one who has to look at it all day. Yeah. Well, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to just feel good about rescue. I forget that I rescued him all the time because I'm like, well, someone would have got it. <laughs> He's so cute. <laughs> Which is how you should feel. You shouldn't feel like, I am Jesus Christ because I saved this animal. It's like, it's good that you did it and happy for you. But you should eventually forget that that's how the origin yeah. story happened and that you just have a pet. <laughs> yeah, this guy's rescued. He but definitely is one where it's like beautiful. I Look got at that him. Tail. Yeah, I got him as a kitten, and it's like you were gonna get adopted. And yeah. I actually think I was competing with somebody to adopt yeah, him. It's totally. like you were fine. Yeah. No, no one was pugs worried are, about you. Pugs are like I don't, I don't love. Um, like I wouldn't personally have a dog that's like drooly or snorty, and that is too imagine big that parts. dog water. Oh my god! Also, imagine it. <laughs> no, thank you. Yikes! No, thank you. Even cleaning it out, I'd be like, <laughs> no. Yeah. No. Okay. Finally, Pop-Tarts are not good. That's just wrong. That's blasphemy. Oh, so you like Pop-Tarts. I like Pop-Tarts. I don't like all Pop-Tarts. Like, okay. there are some flavors that I, like, viscerally remember barfing. as like, like, I don't like um, the ones that are chocolate on chocolate with, like, the little white sugar oh, yeah, on yeah, top. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, like, not good hot. Fine if you're just eating them straight out of the package, but, like, Every time I ever ate them, I threw up. Like, I don't know what is in Wait, them. Wait, so you actually throw up? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. One time I was in the middle of a test in school, and I was like, I'm going to throw up. He's like, okay, let's go to the bathroom. And I ran right out the room, and so, like, no one could leave the room. <laughs> it was a nightmare. They're really gross. But I, I think the strawberry that ones like a class icing, action lawsuit waiting to happen. Right. Like, they're going to be like, oh, so there was arsenic and all the <laughs> 
ones that went to Kentucky. <laughs> I literally like the sight of them now. I'm like, not those. I would rather just be hungry. Um, but like a strawberry frosted burnt, like I like a burnt Pop-Tart. Okay. I like like to really have that like crunchy, toasty, and I like a molten interior. Like I need it to be mm. that. Um, I think that flavor and like brown sugar cinnamon are just like, you can't, you can't knock it. Maybe you can knock it. Let's find out why, Sydney. What's so gross about <laughs> So, no, no, no. Cancel. Okay, but I, why I think Pop-Tarts are interesting is because <laughs> it's like there's so many caveats before people say that they're good. That's true. Like, you so have it's like, to have them burnt. Yeah. Or frozen. And it has to be this one flavor. Mm-hmm. And it, it's only in the month of March. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, at what point do we just yeah, say like, these are yeah, very They're good. pretty gross and you can just eat something else. <laughs> totally. I also, like, only once every blue moon, like... For example, the first week of the pandemic when everybody was like, like panic buying things, thinking they'd never eat again. Like, <laughs> I remember I was at a Walgreens getting like cold medicine and stuff. And I was like, oh, they got Pop-Tarts here. Like, we need that. And so I absolutely only buy it when I'm like in a heightened state. <laughs> oh, it's, just, it's, <laughs> it's like, like a comfort thing where I'm like, I remember having these when I was safe. <laughs> like so dumb. Like in the bomb shelter. Yeah, like, like mm. I could never, but like on a regular trying to be healthy tip, I they don't exist in my home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if I was like a crafty and they had a toaster <laughs> and they were the strawberry ones. Crafty, all bets are off. Yeah, you never know. All bets I'll are eat off. anything. I don't know what it is about having free, like overly processed food. Yeah. But if I go to crafty and they have some snacks, I like, yeah, I'll like I need a fruit by the foot. Yeah, I haven't <laughs> eaten them in like ten years. A two week bar. If, if they yes, if they have it at Crafty, all of a sudden it's yeah. I'm like that's what I'm table. supposed to be eating, and I feel the same way at like airports. Like there's something like that's just feel mm. like a survival when you're there. Yeah. <laughs> you're like whatever is closest and hot and doesn't sound gross, I'm putting in my face, and it's like it's never a healthy thing. It's always no. like a cheese covered burrito. I'm like, all right. I mean, that sounds like <laughs> pretty good. Actually. I'd like be down. Kind of want that. That's I'm gonna have that after this. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Oh, well, Akilah, thanks for coming by. Thanks for having me. Where can I people love it. find you? Okay, so if you're on the internet, I live there. Um, I'm on Twitter at Akilah, obviously. No one's really there anymore. It's a really sad place. Instagram, I still exist. Uh, it's Akilah, A-K-I-L-A-H-H. People always think it's Akilah, but it's Akilah H. <laughs> oh, I read it as Akilah. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, and it's because I like saw your, I followed you on Instagram after we already met. Yeah. And you have, you're so like boisterous. Yeah, that so I figured like, it was oh, just like, she's oh, just like, Akilah H. And I'm like, yeah, no, it's just, he's, I, I should have just made it Akilah, obviously. It should be streamlined. It's Akilah, obviously, everywhere else um like tiktok whatever mm-hmm. i don't post i don't post are you much no i have like a brand deal right now and they like want me dead they're like are you ever gonna send us the drafts and i'm like no well, yeah. thank you thank you for having me sydney <laughs> bye, bye.